From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler by E. L. Konigsberg, Chapter 9, Part 2. Claudia looked over at Jamie. Jamie had slipped down in his seat and had thrown his napkin over his face. Claudia jumped up from her seat, grabbed the napkin off Jamie's face. Jamie quickly threw his forearms where the napkin had been. It slipped, Claude, it slipped out. Jamie's voice was muted since his forearms were protecting his mouth. Jamie, Jamie, that was all I had, that all we had, the only thing we had left. I just forgot, Claude, it's been so long since I've had a conversation with anyone but you. You shouldn't have told her. You heard me say to her that it was our secret twice, now everything is lost. How can you tell her? You had to go and blab it off, blabbermouth. Jamie looked at me for sympathy. She does get emotional. Claudia, I said, be seated. She obeyed. I continued. All is not lost. I'm going to make a bargain with you, both of you. First of all, stop referring to me as her. I am Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler. Then, if you give me all the details of your running away, I'll tell you everything, everything. I'll give you a ride home. I'll have Sheldon, my chauffeur, drive you home. Claudia nodded, no. A Royals Royce, Claudia, a chauffeur. That's a very fine offer, I teased. Jamie said, how about it, Claude? It beats walking. Claudia squinted her eyes and crossed her arms over her chest. It's not enough. I want to know about Angel. I was glad that I wasn't dealing with a stupid child. I admired her spirit. But more, I wanted to help her see the value of her adventure. She still saw it as buying her something. Appreciation first, information now. Nevertheless, Claudia was tiptoeing into the grown-up world, and I decided to give her a little shove. Claudia, James, both of you come with me. We walked single file through several rooms to my office. For a minute, I thought I was leader in a game of follow the leader. Jamie caught up with me and said, for an old lady, you sure can walk fast. Claudia then caught up with Jamie and kicked him. We arrived at my office, and I motioned for them to sit down. Do you see these Filing cabinets along the wall, I asked, pointing to the south wall. These are my secrets, and one of them is the secret of Michelangelo's angel. I'll share that secret with you as the rest of my bargain. But now, my information is more important than yours, so you must have a handicap. The handicap is that you must find the secret file yourselves, and you have one hour to do it in. I turned to leave, then remembered, and I don't want my files messed up or placed out of order. They're in a special order that makes sense only to me. And if you move things around, I won't be able to find anything, and our whole arrangement will be off. Jamie spoke. You sure know how to make a guy nervous. I laughed and left the room. I tiptoed into the large closet that I have next to my office. From there, I watched and listened to all they did. Jamie got up immediately and began opening file drawers. Claudia shouted, Stop! He did. What's the matter with you, Claude? We only have one hour. Five minutes of planning are worth 15 minutes of just looking. Quick, get me the pencil and notepad from that table. Jamie ran to get them. Claudia immediately began making a list. Here's what we'll look up. I'll take the odd numbers and you take the even. I want odd. For goodness sake, Jamie, take the odds then. Here's the list Claudia wrote. One, Michelangelo. Two, Bernatore. Three, Angel. Four, Park Burnett Galleries. Five, Metropolitan Museum of Art. Six, Italian Renaissance. Seven, Auctions. Eight, Sculptor. Nine, Marble. Ten, Florence, Italy. Eleven, Rome, Italy. Jamie looked over the list. I changed my mind. I'll take the evens. There's one last. Talk about wasting time, Claudia screamed. Take evens then, but get to work. 
They began to work very rapidly. Claudia once or twice cautioned Jamie not to make a mess. They had exhausted the list, odds as well as evens. There were folders on most of the categories they looked up, but upon examining them, they found not one hint of Angel. Claudia was feeling depressed. She looked at the clock. Six minutes to go. Think, Jamie, think. What else can we look up? Jamie squinted his eyes, a sign he was thinking hard. Look him up under... What kind of language is that? Look him up under... Oh, baloney, Claude. Why do you always pick a micro... Baloney, baloney, that's it, Jamie. She bought Angel from Bologna, Bologna, Italy. The paper said so. Look that up. Both ran up to the files and pulled out a file fat folder, a file folder fat with papers and documents. They knew even before opening it that it was the right one. I knew too. They had found the file that held the secret. Claudia was no longer in a hurry. She sauntered over to the table, carefully laid down the file, smothered her skirt under her, and sat in a chair. Jamie was jumping up and down. Hurry up, Claude. The hour's almost up. Claudia was not to be hurried. She carefully opened the folder, almost afraid of what she would find. The evidence was sealed between two sheets of glass. The evidence was a very special, very old piece of paper. On one side was written a poem, a sonnet. Since it was written in Italian, neither Claudia nor Jamie could read it, but they could see that the handwriting was angular and beautiful, in itself almost a work of art, and there was a signature, Michelangelo. The other side of the paper needed no translation, for there, in the midst of sketches of hands and torsos, was a sketch of someone they knew, Angel. There were the first lines of a thought that was to become a museum mystery 470 years later. There, on that piece of old paper, was the idea, just as it had come from Michelangelo's head to his hand, and he had jotted it down. Claudia looked at the sketch until its image became blurred. She was crying. At first, she said nothing. She simply sat on the chair with tears slowly streaming down her face, hugging the glass frame and shaking her head back and forth. And when, at last, she found her voice, it was hushed. A hushed voice. The voice she used in church. Just think, Jamie. Michelangelo himself touched this over 400 years ago. Jamie was looking through the rest of the folder. The glass, he said. I bet he didn't touch the glass. Are his fingerprints on it? He didn't wait for an answer before asking something else. What do you suppose the rest of the papers are? They are my research on Angel, I answered as I emerged from my hiding place in the closet. He did it in Rome, you know. I just put it under B for Bologna to make it hard. Both children looked up at me startled. Just as they had lost their feeling of urgency, they had also lost all thoughts of me. Finding a secret can make everything else unimportant, you know. Claudia said nothing and nothing and nothing. She continued clutching the drawing to her chest and rocking it back and forth. She appeared to be in a trance. Jamie and I stared at her until she felt our eyes focused on her like four laser beams. She looked up at us and smiled. Michelangelo did sculpture the statue, didn't he, Mrs. Frankweiler? Of course. I've known for a long time that he did ever since I got that sketch. How did you get the sketch? Jamie asked. I got it after the war. Which war? Jamie interrupted. World War II. Which war did you think I meant? The American Revolution? Are you that old? Jamie asked. I'm not even going to answer that. Claudia said, hush, Jamie, let her tell us. But she couldn't hush either. She rushed in with an explanation. I bet you helped some rich Italian nobleman or a descendant of Michelangelo's to escape and he gave you the sketch out of his undying gratitude. That's one explanation, but not the correct one. There was a rich Italian nobleman involved. That part is right. Did he sell it to you? Jamie asked. 
Claudia rushed in again with another explanation. He had this beautiful daughter and she needed this operation very badly and you... Jamie interrupted. Hush, Claudia. Then he asked, why did he give it to you? Because he was a very, very bad poker player and I'm a very good one. You won it at cards? I could see his admiration grow. Yes, I did. Did you cheat? Jamie, when the stakes are very high, I never cheat. I consider myself too important to do that. Jamie asked, how come you don't sell the sketch? You could get quite a boodle for it, being that it matches up with the statue and all. I need having the secret more than I need the money. I knew that Claudia understood. Jamie looked puzzled. Thank you for sharing your secret with us, Claudia whispered. How do you know we'll keep your secret, Jamie asked. Now, now, a boy who cheats at cards should be able to answer that. Jamie's face broke out in a huge grin. Bribery, he exclaimed. You're going to bribe us. Hallelujah. Tell me, I'm ready. What's the deal? I laughed. The deal is this. You give me the details of your running away, and I'll give you the sketch. Jamie gasped. That doesn't sound like bribery. That doesn't even sound like you, Mrs. Frankweiler. You're smarter than that. How do I know? How do you know that I won't slip about your secret as I did about the museum? That boy really amused me. You're right, Jamie. I am smarter than that. I've got a method to keep you slip-proof about the sketch. What's that? I'm not going to give you the sketch outright. I'm going to leave it to you in my will. You won't tell my secret because if you do, I'll write you out of my will. You'll lose all that money. You said that the sketch was worth quite a boodle. So you're going to be very good about keeping this secret. Claudia will keep it for a different reason. Her reason happens to be the same as mine. Which is what? Jamie asked, simply because it is a secret. It will enable her to return to Greenwich different. Claudia looked at Jamie and nodded. Something I had just said made sense. I continued, returning with the secret is what she really wants. Angel had a secret, and that made her exciting, important. Claudia doesn't want adventure. She likes baths and feeling comfortable too much for that kind of thing. Secrets are the kind of adventure she needs. Secrets are safe, and they do much to make you different, on the inside where it counts. I won't actually be getting a secret from you. I'll be getting details. I'm a collector of all kinds of things besides art, I said, pointing to my files. If all those files are secrets, and if secrets make you different on the inside, then your insides, Mrs. Frankweiler, must be the most mixed up, the most different insides I've ever seen, or any doctor has ever seen either. I grinned. There's a lifetime of secrets in those files, but there's also just a lot of newspaper clippings. Junk. It's a hodgepodge, like my art collection. Now, you'll tell me about your running away, and I'll add that to my files. Whereas Jamie's excitement bubbled out of him in grins and spurts of jittering around the room, Claudia's excitement flowed, not bubbled. I could see that she was a little surprised. She had known that Angel would have the answer, but she had expected it to be a loud bang, not a quiet soaking in. Of course, secrets make a difference. That's why planning the runaway had been such fun. It was a secret, and hiding in the museum had been a secret. But they weren't permanent. They had to come to an end. Angel wouldn't. She would carry the secret of Angel inside her for 20 years, just as I had. Now, she wouldn't have to be a heroine when she returned home, except to herself. And now she knew something about secrets that she hadn't known before. I could tell that she felt happy. Happiness is excitement that has found a settling down place. But there's always a little corner that keeps flapping around. Claudia couldn't, could have kept her doubts to herself, but she was an honest child, an honorable child. 
Mrs. Frankweiler, she said, swallowing hard. I really love the sketch. I really do. I love it. Just love it. Love it. But don't you think you ought to give it to the museum? They're just dying to find out whether the statue is real or not. Nonsense. What a conscience you suddenly have. I want to give it to you in exchange. If you and Jamie want to give it to the museum after you inherit it, then give it to the museum. I won't let the museum people near it. If I could keep them out of Connecticut altogether, I would. I don't want them to have it while I'm alive. Claudia wiped her forehead with the sleeve of her sweater and asked, why not? I've thought about it for a long time and I've decided, why not? What they'll do is start investigating the authenticity of the sketch. They'll call in authorities from all over the world. They'll analyze the ink and the paper. They'll research all his notes, all his illustrations, and compare, compare, compare. In short, they'll make a science of it. Some will say yes, some will say no. Scholars will debate about it. They'll pull all the authorities, and probably the majority will agree that the note and the statue are really the work of Michelangelo. At least that's what they should conclude. But some stubborn ones won't agree, and thereafter the statue and the sketch will appear in books with a big question mark. The experts don't believe in coincidence as much as I do, and I don't want them to throw doubt on something that I've felt always and actually known for about 20 years. Claudia's eyes widened. But Mrs. Frankweiler, if there's the slightest doubt that either the statue or the sketch is a forgery, don't you want to know? Don't you want to have the last little bit of doubt cleared up? No, I answered abruptly. Why not? Because I'm 82 years old, that's why. There, now, Jamie, you see, I slipped too. Now I've told you how old I am. Jamie looked at his sister and asked, What's that got to do with anything, Claude? Claudia shrugged. I'll tell you what it's got to do with, I said. I'm satisfied with my own research on the subject. I'm not in the mood to learn anything new. Claudia said, But Mrs. Frankweiler, you should want to learn one new thing every day. We did, even at the museum. No, I answered, I don't agree with that. I think you should learn, of course, and some days you must learn a great deal, but you should have days when you allow what is already in you to swell up inside of you until it touches everything, and you can feel it inside you. If you never take time out to let that happen, then you just accumulate facts and they begin to rattle around inside of you. You can make noise with them, but never really feel anything with them. It's hollow. Both children were quiet, and I continued. I've gathered a lot of facts about Michelangelo and Angel and I've let them grow inside me for a long time. Now I feel that I know. That's enough for that. But there is one new thing that I'd like to experience, not know, experience, and that one thing is impossible. Nothing is impossible, Claudia said. She sounded to me exactly like a bad actress in a bad play. Unreal. Claudia, I said patiently, when one is 82 years old, one doesn't have to learn one new thing every day, and one knows that some things are impossible. What would you like to experience that is impossible? Jamie asked. Right now, I'd like to know how your mother feels. You keep saying that she's frantic. Why do you want to feel frantic? This came from Claudia. Now she sounded like the real Claudia Kincaid. It's an experience I would like to have because it's part of a bigger experience I want. Claudia said, you mean you'd like to be a mother? Jamie leaned toward Claudia and whispered in the loudest, wettest whisper I have ever heard. Of course, that's impossible. Her husband is dead. You can't be a mother without a husband. Claudia poked Jamie. Never call people dead. It makes others feel bad. Say deceased or passed away. Come on, children, put that file away. You must tell me all about your adventure. All, all, all about it. What you thought and what you said and how you managed to pull off the whole crazy caper. <laughs>